Well, I am going to praise God because uh, we're going to be baptizing some people today. So you want to stay at the end of the service. I'm not going to tell you who, so you have to know. You got to stay till the end. We're looking for another elder. We got to find another elder now. So uh, let's go ahead and read um, Psalms 105. Give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord in his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles, and his judgments he pronounced. You, his servants, the descendants of Abraham, his chosen one, the children of Jacob, he is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers his covenant forever, the promises he made for thousands, for a thousand generations. The covenant he made with Abraham, the oath he swore to Isaac, he confirmed it to Jacob as a decree, to Israel as an everlasting covenant. To you I will give the land of Canaan as the portion you will inherit. When they were but few in number, few indeed, and strangers in it, they wandered from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another. He allowed no one to oppress them. For their sakes he rebuked kings. Do not touch my anointed ones. Do my prophets no harm. He called down famine on the land and destroyed all the supplies of food. He sent a man before them, Joseph, sold as a slave. They bruised his feet with shackles. His neck was put in irons till what he foretold came to pass. Till the word of the Lord proved him true. The king sent and released him. The ruler of the people set him free. He made him master of his household, ruler over all he possessed, to instruct his princes uh, as he pleased and teach his elders wisdom. Then Israel entered Egypt. Jacob resided as a foreigner in the land of Ham. The Lord made the people very fruitful. He made them too numerous for their foes. Whose hearts he turned to hate the people, to conspire against his servants. He sent Moses, his servant, and Aaron, whom he had chosen. They performed his signs among them, his wonders in the land of Ham. He sent darkness and made the land dark. Then he had, then, for they had not rebelled against his words. He turned their waters into blood, causing their fish to die. Their land teemed with frogs, which went up into the bedrooms of the rulers. He spoke, and there came swarm of flies and gnats throughout their country. He turned the rain into hail with lightning throughout their land. He struck down their vines and fig trees and shattered the trees of their country. He spoke, and the locusts came, grasshoppers without number. They ate up every green thing in the land ate up the produce of the soil. Then he struck down all the firstborn in their land, the firstfruits of all their manhood. He brought out of Israel laden with silver and gold, and from among them their tribes no one faltered. Egypt was glad when they left because the dread of Israel had fallen on them. He spread out the cloud as a covering and a fire to give light at night. They asked and he brought them quail. He fed them well 
with the bread of heaven. He opened the rock and water gushed out. It flowed like a river in the desert. For he remembered his holy promise given to his servant Abraham. He brought out his people with rejoicing, his chosen ones with shouts of joy. He gave them the lands of the nations and they fell heir to what the others had toiled for. That they might keep his precepts and observe his laws. Praise the Lord. Let's go ahead and do the Lord's Prayer. If you don't mind, please stand. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let's worship.
by singing with her heart there, I tell you.
seated. Now is the time in the service for communion. And when you came in the door, you should have received a little communion packet. Um, and if you did not receive one, there should be some in the back um, by the offering box. Um, communion is a time where those who are in Christ Jesus remember his death. And as we read in 1 Corinthians 11, it says, So then, whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup, I'm sorry, we're up a little bit further. For what I have received from the Lord, what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unmanner, unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ and drink judgment on themselves. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you that we can come before you and we can remember you. That uh, you were the one who put in this practice of communion. That we as a body can celebrate what you've done for us. I just pray as we remember you that we do it in a way that just pleases you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Uh, announcement time. Um, <laughs> someone's really excited about announcements. <laughs> um, in the foyer, there are bins for our pill bottle collections. If you have empty pill bottles or lids or half and half, bring them in. Um, we take them over to Matthew 25 for different types of things that they do with them. We also collect used ink cartridges, so don't throw them away. Bring them in. They help offset costs for office supplies here at the church. Refit, free dance fitness class, Tuesday, Thursdays, and Fridays, 6.30 to 7.30. We <laughs> got some whoop whoops everywhere. Um, men's night is the first Wednesday of the month from 6 to 8 p.m. right here at the church. If you have questions about what this is, what this can mean for you, if you need to bring anything, talk to Chris Nay in the back. Food and Fellowship is the third Wednesday of the month from 6 to 8 p.m. Um, there will be a sign-up next week. Empty Nesters Women of the Bible Study at uh, Ruth Liming's house on Thursdays at 10 a.m. Food Pantry Closed Closets every Thursday, 5 to 7. Um, I guess I'll just reiterate, we are not taking donations anymore until October 19th, so we can get our... Season, seasonal clothing changed over and try to get a little organized again. So, um, Goshen Community Garden is on Tuesday, um, 6 to 7.30, 6 to 7.30, and Thursday, 5 to 7. Um, that will be out on the Remind. If you're not getting the text reminders um, or email reminders, let me know. I will help you get set up for that. Breakfast Fellowship's first Sunday of the month, 9.30, so that will be next Sunday, so hopefully we'll see you all at 9.30. It is downstairs in the lower level. Mellon Ridge Ministry is today, um, and we will have lunch right after if you're planning to serve at that ministry, and it's a time that we bring worship to the residents of Mellon Ridge. <laughs> Brother Love Show um, is next Sunday, October 1st at 7 p.m., um, there is going to be a benefit for Heartland Food Pantry. Um, Tom, did you want to talk any more about that? Benefit, are they supposed to bring something? Bring some mac and cheese, bring a canned good. We're just going to have a collection for the pantry. We don't eat cereal. We're good on cereal. <laughs> Always. Yes. We will shop for you. <laughs> um, all the proceeds from that event will go to the pantry. Senior Citizens Dinner, hosted by Goshen Local Schools, Thursday, October 19th, uh, 5.30 at the middle school. Um, it's dinner and a choir performance, dinner and a show. So RSVP here. This is the only one I think that's not on the calendar, so I apologize, but um, if you need a reminder, let me know. I'll be happy to text you. <laughs> Weekly budgets listed there and a list of the ministries that you support through giving at Heartland. Ways to give in person. There's an offering box in the back of the sanctuary and online on the website. Please check out our website too. Um, there's past messages. There is um, the reading schedule because we should be reading individually and corporately. Um, there is a section on there for contact. If you don't want to get all the reminders, you can send a prayer request that way. Um, and so we can be praying for you. But there's lots of information on there. The calendar's on there if you forgot to grab one. Um, if you think something should be on there, let me know. Um,
but yeah, there's lots of stuff on there, so we appreciate you getting on the website and checking it out. Um, we are going to have a baptism today, as Danny said earlier, so we're going to send the kids downstairs for Children's Church, and then we'll have them come back up and we'll do the baptism, but for now, we'll do the 10-minute meet and greet. All right, how's everybody doing? He's holy. <laughs> what a good problem to have, a church getting along too good. Don't see that in the headlines. So uh, this week I felt inspired to study about Joseph, the son of Jacob. And as I got to studying, I realized that this story is different than how I remembered it. The last two times I read it, it was a part of a Bible study. And it was one of those intensive Bible studies where you read the Bible in a year. So I missed a lot of the details. And I'm betting some of you guys probably did too. So Joseph's story ends on a less positive note than I remember. But before I get started, let's go ahead and pray. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for your word. I just pray that you use it to open up our hearts to learn more about you and learn what it means to be your child. I just pray um, as I speak that you only give me words to speak and that you would open up our hearts um, and you would shape our hearts to look like you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So Joseph is one of 12 sons of Jacob. He is Jacob's favorite son at this time. So let's start at the beginning, which is found in Genesis 37, 3 through 8. And when you find it, please stand for the reading of God's word. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age. And he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any other of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheep rose and stood upright, while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed to it. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he said. You may be seated. Now we find throughout this story, God blesses Joseph with incredible wisdom. This was not one of those moments. I don't know if you realize it, but some of his older brothers were some mean dudes. Two of them wiped out a whole camp of men because one of them raped their sister. Probably not the brightest moment to brag about ruling them in one day. So Joseph's brothers hated him so much they plotted to kill him. But Reuben, the oldest, talked him out of it. And then Judah decided they should make money off of Joseph, so they sold him into slavery. And his brothers sold him to some Ishmaelites. And then the Ishmaelites sold him to Potiphar one of the Pharaoh's officials in Egypt. The thing to know about Egypt is they thought the Israelites were detestable and would not even eat with them. 
So let's start out talking about Joseph's success during the move to Egypt. First, Joseph succeeded in not dying. That's a pretty good one. His brothers wanted to kill him, but the oldest, Reuben, talked them out of killing Joseph. So instead, he was sold as a slave. Then Joseph gets sold to Potiphar, who is one of the Pharaoh's, Pharaoh's officials. The Lord blessed everything Joseph touched. So Potiphar put him in charge of everything. Then Joseph ends up in prison. And God blesses Joseph again. And the prison warden puts him in charge of everything. As you can see, God has given Joseph this grace of being a leader and having authority. Wherever he goes, people realize he is a superb, smart guy. The Pharaoh gets mad at his cupbearer and his baker, so they get thrown in prison with Joseph. They both have a dream. The cupbearer and the baker were sad because they couldn't interpret their dreams. Joseph's faith is real strong at this point, and he tells them he can't interpret dreams, but God can. So not only does Joseph have the ability to interpret the dream, but he has the wisdom to praise God for giving it to him. So that is very important. Keep that in mind. So God gives Joseph the interpretation, and the cupbearer gets restored to his position. Then after a couple of years, the Pharaoh has two troubling dreams. Then the cupbearer remembers Joseph and how he successfully interpreted his dream and also the baker's. None of the Pharaoh's magicians or wise men could interpret the dream, so he calls for Joseph. Once again, Joseph tells the Pharaoh he can't interpret dreams, but God can. Joseph interprets both dreams, and both of these dreams were about the future of the crops in Egypt. Well, in more than just Egypt. God showed Joseph there would be seven years of abundance, and then there would be seven years of famine. Right away, Joseph has a game plan to deal with the famine, and the Pharaoh was so impressed that he gave Joseph authority over everything except his throne. Joseph is proving at a really high level. He is wise and skilled above all the people around him. Maybe that's why his brothers were so threatened by him. So Joseph gets married and has two boys. Joseph makes Egypt really rich because of the famine. And Joseph ends up reconciling with his brothers and spends time with his dad before his dad dies. So now let's talk about some of the troubles along the way. Well, first, the obvious is the betrayal of his brothers. For him to miss out on all the time with his dad and the rest of his family, uh, which was about 75 people in all. Then Joseph became a slave, as we read earlier in Psalm 105, 17 and 18. And it says, And he sent a man before them, Joseph, sold as a slave, they bruised his feet with shackles. His neck was put in irons. And then even at Potiphar's house, God blessed him and he succeeded. But he was still a slave. 
in a land that he didn't want to be in. Like I said, he was in Egypt, a place where they detested the Hebrews, even to the point where they wouldn't eat with them. Then Potiphar's wife wants to sleep with Joseph, and because he refused, she sets him up. Potiphar was furious, and I really can't imagine a situation where Joseph being a Hebrew slave doesn't get beat over that. But the scriptures don't give us details on what Potiphar did in his anger. We just know that Joseph gets thrown in prison because of Potiphar's wife. He is a slave and a prisoner for 13 years total before he is given authority by the Pharaoh. And then usually we are taught this is where the happy ending begins. So let's look a little closer. I would suspect from the text, when Joseph is given power and authority, his spiritual life seems to take a hit. Even the royal clothes that he's wearing aren't what he was meant to be wearing. He was supposed to wear the fancy coat from his dad. The Pharaoh gave Joseph the name Zaphaneath, P-A-N-E-A-H. I'm not even going to try that. So now he doesn't go by his Hebrew name that his dad gave him, but instead an Egyptian name. He married a daughter of an Egyptian priest. So in my opinion, Joseph is wearing the wrong clothes, now has the wrong name, and is married to the wrong lady. And maybe you're not convinced yet. So let's go on. Then Joseph's brothers come to get food. And we find out how troubled Joseph is. Joseph sees his brothers and he can barely keep it together. And at this point, he hasn't even revealed who he is. He recognizes them, but they don't recognize him. The great manager Joseph seems as if he can't or doesn't know how to manage his feelings. And I'm not sure that any one of us could either in his situation. Seeing that his brothers who rejected him in such an awful way, his brothers wanted him dead. They didn't believe in his dreams. Yet strangers believed him and his dreams. That is the very reason Joseph is in authority is because the Pharaoh believed Joseph. Joseph ends up accusing his brothers of being spies and told them to come back with Benjamin. After Joseph died, at least in the mind of Jacob, he becomes very protective of his new favorite son named Benjamin. So Jacob would not let Benjamin go to Egypt. Then after they run out of food, the brothers convince Jacob to allow Benjamin to go so they don't they all don't die. Then Joseph sets up Benjamin, kind of like Potiphar's wife set him up. When I read this, it looks like Joseph's original plan was to keep Benjamin in Egypt. So how did Joseph set Benjamin up? Well, he put his cup inside Benjamin's bag. And this was not an ordinary cup. It was his cup he used for divination. And you can find this starting in Genesis 44, 3 through 5. Morning do- or as the morning dawned, the men were sent out on their way uh, with their donkeys. They had gone 
they had not gone far from the city of Joseph. And he said to his stewards, go after the men at once. And when you catch up with them, say to them, why have you repaid good with evil? Isn't this the cup of my master drinks from and also uses for divination? This is a wicked thing you have done. And then also he continues in Genesis 45, 15. Joseph said to them, what is this that you have done? Do you not know that a man like me can find things out by divination? Before, when Joseph was a humble slave, he used to say, it's God who interprets dreams. But now, after being wealthy and married to a lady who had a father that was a priest in a false temple, Joseph uses a cup as a part of telling or giving the future. I know often we like to make Joseph as the hero, but it is God who is the hero. And this wasn't a story only about a 17-year-old boy who goes from being a slave to being royalty. The main theme is God uses a 17-year-old boy, the youngest at the time, to go into slavery and gain authority to preserve the 12 brothers who would become the tribes of Israel. Also in this story, God uses the brothers to break through Joseph's hard heart. How did God preserve Jacob and the 12 brothers? Well, he made Joseph wise enough to have favor with the Pharaoh. So much favor, he was put in charge of everything. And here is how Stephen explains it to the Sanhedrin before he dies. This is found in Acts 7, 8 through 15. Then he gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision. And Abraham became the father of Isaac and circumcised him eight days after the birth. Later, Isaac became the father of Jacob. And Jacob became the father of the 12 patriarchs. Because the patriarchs were jealous of Joseph, they sold him as a slave into Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him from all his troubles. He gave Joseph wisdom and enabled him to gain goodwill of the Pharaoh, king of Egypt. So Pharaoh made him ruler over Egypt and all his palace. Then a famine struck all of Egypt and Canaan, bringing great suffering, and our ancestors could not find food. When Jacob heard that there was grain in Egypt, he sent out our forefathers on their visit. And on their second visit, Joseph told the brothers who he was, and the Pharaoh learned about Joseph's family. After this, Joseph sent for his father Jacob and his whole family, 75 in all. Then Jacob went down to Egypt, where he and our ancestors died. This story is more about the beginning of the Israelites and how God preserved the lives and relationships of the brothers. So we know at the beginning the brothers collectively didn't like Joseph. And it's not clear exactly how Joseph felt at the beginning when he saw his brothers in Egypt. We just know that he uncontrollably wept. And we see the first sign of the brothers repenting in Genesis 42, 21 through 24. They said to one another, Surely we are being punished because of our brother. We saw how distressed he was when he pleaded with us for his life but we wouldn't listen 
That's why this distress has come on us. And then Reuben replied, didn't I tell you not to sin against the boy? But you wouldn't listen. Now we must give an accounting for his blood. They did not realize that Joseph could understand them since he was using an interpreter. He turned away from them and began to weep. But then came back and spoke to them again. And he had Simon taken from them and bound before their eyes. Also, there are a few verses here that show that the brothers have changed. Now, Jacob has a new favorite child, and Reuben offers protection for Jacob's new favorite child, Benjamin. And we can find this in Genesis 42, 36, and 37. Their father Jacob said to them, You have deprived me of my child. Joseph is no more. Simeon is no more. And now you want to take Benjamin? Everything is against me. Then Reuben said to his father, You may put both of my sons to death if I do not bring him back to you. And trust him to my care, and I will bring him back. So Jacob let him go to Egypt. Then Joseph sets up Benjamin to become a slave. Joseph did this by making it look like Benjamin stole his cup for divination. So do you guys remember who Judah was in the story at the beginning? He was the one who came up with the idea to make money off of Joseph by selling him into slavery. Listen to what Judah says to Joseph regarding Benjamin stealing the cup. In Genesis 44, 30 through 34, he says, So now, if the boy is not with us when I go back to your servant, my father, and if my father, whose life closely is bound up with the boy's life, sees that the boy isn't there, he will die. Your servant will bring the gray head of our father down to the grave in sorrow. Your servant guaranteed the boy's safety to my father. I said, if I do not bring him back to you, I will bear the blame before you, my father, all of my life. Now then, please let your servant remain here as my Lord's slave in place of the boy and let the boy return with his brothers. How can I go back to my father if the boy is not with me? No, do not let me see the misery that would come on my father. See, Judah offers himself to be a slave instead of his brother Benjamin. After Judah's plea, Joseph no longer can control himself. And he wept so loud that the Pharaoh's household heard him. And I'm not sure what that looked like, if camel alarms were going off while they were eating, but somehow the Pharaoh's household just heard him like weeping so loud. And then he finally revealed himself to his brothers as Joseph. Joseph was able to see that his brothers had changed and learned to love the younger brother who was Jacob's favorite. God decided to use Judah to bring peace to the family. After Joseph reveals himself, then he sends them back to bring all of the family up there to live. At last, the whole family, about 75 in all, were reunited in Egypt. 
throughout this story, the brothers thought God was against them. This is what the brothers said before they took the second trip with Benjamin. This is found in Genesis 42, 27 and 28. At the place where they stopped for the night, one of them opened his sack to get feed for his donkey. And he saw his silver in the mouth of the sack. My silver has been returned, he said to his brothers. Here it is in my sack. Their hearts sank and they turned to each other trembling and said, what is this that God has done to us? So in the middle of this perfect plan of God, saving Jacob's family, the brothers think that God has turned on them. Now let's look at Joseph's perspective of God during this situation. And we can find this in Genesis 45 and 5, or verse 5. And now, do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me. Because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. Also, he says something similar in uh, Genesis 45, 8. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of the entire household, and ruler of all of Egypt. This is one of those mind-blowing thoughts on how God can use tough situations. It's how God can make things happen even though we make choices. The brothers teach us we can think God is against us when sometimes he really is. This is a part of this is a part of why it's so hard for people to understand the relationship between grace and the works we do and how grace and works go together. And we think we are doing all kinds of work when it's really God working in us. Also, the relationship of when bad things happen and how God uses them. This is an interesting idea that we have way less control than we think we do. So in closing, let's trust God to make sure every situation works out for the good of everyone. We can get focused on our story and forget that there's a bigger story out there. Let's remember that even in our bad situations, God is still in control and that it may be happening for some big purpose. Let's continue to seek God and ask him to keep us as we walk through life fulfilling God's big, perfect plan. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for your word and the people that had relationships with you before us that teach us so many lessons. I just pray that you use your words to guide us and your spirit to guide us as we go throughout the rest of the days of our life. Please bless us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So before we conclude the service, I'm going to speak the Lord's blessing over you. And at the end of the service, we'll have the worship team come up and play a last song. And as they're playing that last song, you will have an opportunity for us to pray for you or you can pray on your own. And as it says in James, is anyone sick among you? Let them call on the elders of the church to pray over you and anoint them with oil in the 
the prayer offered in faith will make a sick person well. The Lord will raise them up, and if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that they may be healed. Oh, and at the very end, don't forget there's going to be a baptism. So let me speak uh, the Lord's blessing over you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.